0: dino talk dino talk dino talk another episode of the dino talk podcast nick logan jesse back again another week week two it's over and we're here to talk some football. You guys want to talk week two a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, surprising games in uh, Kansas City, Jacksonville. Really, really surprising game there. Not too much of a uh, of a shootout like I think everyone was expecting. Sorry, I know you listeners. You can probably notice me and Nick are a little out of breath. That that song, you know, gets us going. So we we really jam out there. Anyway, um. Christian Kirk's back, baby. Forget everything I said last week about him and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's still a wide receiver too, just like I predicted. And Christian Kirk, that's he's a dog, man. He's a dog. He's gonna get his. Um thinking other uh, other games. Jeez, the Giants. Eh? Giants are in trouble. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's really the, the main talking points I could think of off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> Before we go any further, guys, I Jesse took his L last week. I, I'm ready to take my L. I, I was wrong going into the year. I, I, believed in the player. Um, I made the take, and I was wrong. I, I'll own up to it. I said Nico Collins would be a top 24 wide receiver. i I was a fool. Nico Collins is going to be a top 10 wide receiver, guys. I. I undersold him. I undersold him, and I'm I'm ready to take the L. I'm already there.
2: Oh man, we appreciate your humbleness, Nick. We really do, man. What a humble guy. Yeah, Thank I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad you're out.
3: calling it week two, Nick. Week two, baby. Oh, yeah, that humbleness two, is
2: that.
3: unparalleled, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what we're calling this episode week two victory laughs baby yeah we, that's, yeah, that's we have week we two
3: humbles with nick actually we should say week three whenever he has uh zero receptions next week <laughs> hey, that, that's not happening that's not happening
1: yeah i mean i i guess i should admit a very similar l um i know a few weeks before the season started we had a busts uh podcast nick in which i said look out for jamar chase you know he might be a round two round three guy shouldn't be taking him round one. You were right. Yep. I mean, just like just like you said, I gotta take my L. Uh, yeah, it's looking like he should have been, you know, round five, round six guy. So yeah, really gotta take take our L's, you know, accept our accept our defeats and uh, you know, be humble here. Yeah, Logan, we'll what what loss did you suffer this week?
3: Honestly, you know, I've just been living life trying to dissect the NFL as much as possible. You know, I'm not gonna take any wins, losses so far. Someone did say DeAndre Swift, though, Uh, but I do just want to say that this podcast last week was calling Ryan Tannehill Elite, and that's exactly what he showed last week. So I don't think any other podcast but us are saying Ryan Tannehill's Elite, and we called it right before he broke out, you know, compare him to Joe Burrow, see what happens. You heard it here first.
0: All right. Well, you know, it's we're not just going to be talking about week two. We're not just going to be talking victory laps. We got some other stuff to talk about. Got a new segment. The outliers. Are we buying it? Are, are is it an outlier or? Is it just a sign of things to come? That's what we're here to discuss. We're here to let you guys know, like whether just what or running back three through the first two weeks, is, it, is that what's going to happen or are they going to regress a bit? And yeah, that's what that's the segment. What do you guys want to start this week?
1: I'll start off since I took the easiest one. Uh, I'll go ahead and start off with the one everyone's talking about Puka Nakua. Holy smokes. Nick, man, I've looked at it. It seems like every league that we had that we're in together, you had him. Uh, Great call there. Do we think, you know, Puka Nakua is an outlier or a sign of things to come? I personally, I think he's a sign of things to come. I think that even when Cup comes back, Puka is going to have a a very large role. I think it could even be more than Cooper Cups. I know that sounds crazy to say, but whenever you think of a, a veteran like Cup, he still is coming back off an injury so there's still going to be a a week of you know getting feeling right who knows it from just this injury in general with cooper cup uh there was a lot of like question marks like at first it was he might sit out one week then it you know lingered on till you know it's going to be more i could just see it being an, an injury that's going to stick with him and then also puka's just a baller man i mean uh as far as for a rookie you know setting all those all those records uh as a rookie i mean Never seen anything like it. I don't know. I I think it's a very easy take to say sign of things to come. You know,
0: I'm with you. I think it's a sign of things to come. I mean, week one, like, slow to buy in, sure. Week two, what do you have, 14 catches? Like, how are you not buying this guy? You know, in in one league, like, I'm – I'm buying into it. I'm, I have in one league, I have four 2024 fourth round picks in one league. I'm preparing to get the next Puka Nakua. And that's my new strategy, just loading up on fourth. I traded a first rounder for four fourth round picks. You know, it's just, that's the way to go. No, I'm, I'm just playing. But yeah, I mean, this guy, like Cooper Cup's going to come back eventually. I mean, when? I have no idea like will he come back week five will he come back week seven i mean could he get traded i mean he's also 30 years old coming off a bad hamstring injury like it's just how much longer does this guy have like whether you want to buy it or not because he was a sixth round fifth sixth round pick and fourth round rookie pick like you gotta buy this guy like he's setting records like even if even if cup comes back like i'm still buying this dude like he's good
1: yeah, my whole thought with it, too, is like you said, he's younger. So like as a franchise, why wouldn't you <clears throat> go more with the the guy who's going to be around? I mean, just makes sense to me, too. I love Cup, but yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like whenever you watch his, uh, you know, freaking 15 catches in week two, I feel like you realize that, you know, Sean McVay isn't an idiot by all means. He's just Completely scheming for the guy, just screen passes, shallow crosses, and stuff like that. And I just feel like it's inevitable that he's just going to keep getting the volume. I mean, yeah, honestly, it might just help him even more. Maybe he'll get 30 catches if Cooper Cup's, you know, playing. Who knows what happens? But I mean, I just feel like, I mean, regardless if Cooper Cup comes back, I just feel like they're just going to push. You know, Tutu Atwell uh, just running. Actually, never mind. He probably already only runs deep routes, but I was going to say, I just feel like Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell are just going to keep getting pushed farther and farther back where Tyler Higby, Cooper Cup, and um, Puka are going to be getting all the targets. So, no, I completely agree. I feel like he's just going to keep meshing forward. Nothing going to stop him. Yeah. And not to derail us too much,
0: guys, but. Like, does this change your guys' tune at all about like rookie fourth round picks, third round picks? Like, does this make you be more likely? I mean, because in the past, like I've seen it, people throw around fourth, third rounders, just tack them onto deals or just throw them away willy nilly. Like, does this change it at all for you?
3: Yeah, no, hey, I. Or... No, go sorry. Ahead, Luke. sorry, sorry to cut you off, Jesse, but no, I, no, I completely agree. I feel like my perspective on fourth round. Uh, draft picks has completely changed whenever you have a complete baller of a quarterback like Matt Stafford who can completely elevate any player's careers who do we got Marvin Jones Kenny Galladay I don't want to say Calvin Johnson but because he's a god but like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones if you got a quarterback like Matthew Stafford that elevates any careers I feel like you just got to take more of a note of the quarterback who can push stats down people's fucking mouths freaking mouse sorry uh <laughs> it's just all right. this isn't
1: a family friendly podcast
3: yeah sorry sorry i'm still still rather new here right? i wasn't you know too sure of the audience but i just feel like you got to take note of the quarterback and matt stafford is that guy that elevates people to get contracts and he is that guy giving it to puka instead of cooper cup with injuries so that that's my take on that yeah it's true the rams have themselves a ryan Tannehill, guys
1: Uh, for me personally, I I don't think it does change much for me. Uh, same way Terry McLaurin didn't change, I looked at third rounders, you know. I mean, that's always a thing. We call them dart, you know, we call them dart throws for a reason, you know, Hail Mary's, whatever lottery tickets. Sometimes they hit, but I mean, I personally still don't play the lottery, so that's just who I am.
3: (laughs) That's a good take. That's a good take. Yeah, I'll
0: just make a joke about the Tannehill, but I think part of it is like you have a wide wide receiver that steps in with a the very good veteran quarterback who loves to fall in love with their targets. Like it's worth taking shots on guys like that. And that's what like also like rookie quarterbacks that go into the league who don't have a lot of weapons, like taking a third, fourth round shot at a guy that could maybe like be the guy that they fall in love with. I mean, Tank Dell appears to be that guy um, for the Texans. I mean, Nico Collins has been very good, but Tank Dell is also getting a lot of targets. So I, I mean, it is changing my tune a little bit, but like, like you said, Jesse, it's a, it's a lottery to throw. Like there's, there's second round picks that like, I, I took Isaiah Spiller at the 202 last year. And that guy, like, I don't think he's ever going to play. Like he's, he's not an NFL player. And that,
1: and that happens. Like you're, you're taking shots everywhere. Absolutely, you did bring up uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. How did you feel about Tank uh, about <clears throat> Nico Collins? I know you said he's going to be a top ten wide receiver, but why did he only play about fifty five percent of the passing snaps this last week in uh in the Texans game? Tank, yeah, yeah. What what is up with that man? Because that that has me worried about about. I just since you brought it up, the Tank Dell thing. Like, there's three very very great wide receivers there, and like I said last week. Uh, Nico. The week one, Nico Collins was in ninety five percent of the snaps, and Tank Dell, I think, was the one that they were comparing it to. There's three of them there, and he had about fifty five percent. And then this last week, Nico Collins, uh, yeah, he was only in for about fifty five percent of the snaps.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think in general the Texans' options are kind of by lows, like. Damian Pierce is one. I think he played, what, 45% of the snaps? And he he wasn't great because their offensive line has not been spectacular. But, I mean, at some point in time, they're going to start consolidating. I mean, Nico Collins is playing great. Hank Dell's playing great. Damian Pierce is playing great. Like, I mean, not playing great, but he's a, he's proved that he's a good player. I mean, do we really need Dare Agumawale playing 25% of the snaps? I mean, that guy's he's probably not a pro. Like eventually they're gonna make the change, but they're they're trying to figure themselves out. They got a rookie quarterback, and I think by the end of the year, I think we're gonna see Nico and Tank playing quite a bit of quite a bit of the snaps, and same with Damian Pierce. I think he's gonna they're gonna get more involved. And it's a long season, probably a rebuilding season for them, and they're probably just trying to figure things out. But I mean, I'd buy any of those guys on that team. Especially Nico.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I'm definitely uh, trying to get them in, you know, the few leagues that they're available in and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The one thing that makes me hesitate on Nico was, like I said, just this last week, it seemed like he kind of just fell into the right spots at the right time, and that was how he had such a big fantasy week. It wasn't that, you know, he dominated the targets or anything like that. So that's the only thing that worries me.
0: Definitely fair. All right, Logan.
3: Well, well, I also did want to mention, are you worried about Nico Collins and in his injury history at all as well? Because, like, he seems to have, like, a pretty deep lineup of injuries as well, like, which I, you know, hadn't noticed until you called him out. I'm, wide I'm
0: not, to be honest. I'm not. I mean, last year, if Nico had a pinky injury, they were saying, Nico, sit out, dude. Like, we need this top pick. I'm well, I'm not worried about it. I mean, yeah. there's been a lot of good players in their NFL career. Like Keenan Allen, his first year, no one wanted that guy because his injury history. He played, like, I think he played under 14 games each of his first three seasons. And after that, he was healthy for, like, seven years straight. I'm I'm not worried about that. Like, he, right. he doesn't have any injuries that are, like, consistent across that. He, he's just had a couple things that pop up, and that that's going to happen in the NFL.
3: Yeah, no, that's completely understandable. I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I haven't been following his career too too closely recently. I mean, I feel like he spotlighted him recently. And it's just like, yeah, I looked him up. I just feel like, I don't know if it was a tanking reason, but I don't think they were tanking in 2021. But it's just like, man, his 2021 season, just three injuries and then two injuries in 2022, you know, I wish him the best. But ugh, I don't know. We'll see what happens, you know. But I mean, he's definitely getting the targets now, though. So that's it's pretty exciting.
0: But 2021, didn't they have Davis Mills as their quarterback? They that's that's almost a tanking in and of itself, right there.
3: Uh, just kidding. We, I mean, they they Kyle were Kyle
0: Allen. Yeah, I mean, they you name it. I mean, they they were just kind of handicapped with Watson um, for the first few years of Nico's career, and
3: now he's got himself a quarterback who he looks pretty good. But go ahead, Logan, if you're – Yep. So my next take was going to actually, you know, I mean, not to be—I don't know if we're supposed to be the Texans fanatics by all means or anything, but I was definitely wondering if sign if it was a sign of things to come with Damian Pierce and the Texans. They're definitely prioritizing their passing game, and if you watch the film on their offense, they're not even really scheming for the rushing game at all. I don't know if it was Laramie Tunsil's injury; he didn't play the last week but they just – I don't know if they don't know how to run block or something, but, like, Damian Pierce was a guy that just came through last season and kind of tore up defensive linemen, linebackers and all, just going forward with tons of yards, got after contact, stuff like that, and it's just like this season, I mean, obviously it might be just completely overreacting because it's just been two games – Against the Colts, they're down two touchdowns almost instantly. Maybe they didn't think that it was a good idea to pass, but it's just like, even with the touches he was given, it's just like they almost were like wanting the time to go down when they gave him the ball. It's just like, I don't know. Didn't seem like they were very helpful on run plays when they gave it to him. And it's just like, he's averaging 2.7 yards per carry so far this season, and you know, I don't know if he's supposed to be a hero story or something, but I just, I don't know. That's kind of concerning to me. I I don't want to condemn him by any means, but it's just like that that kind of highlights it to me. It's just like that seems like they're not too concerned with the running game with CJ Stroud's passing ability right now, which has been spectacular. So I don't know what you guys thought about that at all.
0: I already talked about this a little bit with them. I I do think the – Touches will get a little more concentrated as the year goes on. I mean, it's a brand new coaching staff, brand new offense. Um, But also it's the other thing you got to take into account. It's probably going to be a long season so far. They've been trailing a lot and it's tough to really focus a lot on the run when you're struggling so much and falling behind early. And also they've yeah three offensive linemen out. Like it's, it's tough to really lean on the run when that happens. But in general, I'd say I'm, I've been pretty impressed with Stroud so far as a passer. I, In my opinion, like some people think Anthony Richardson, but I, I think Stroud's been the most impressive rookie quarterback by a decent margin. Like he's been, like they've been passing a lot and he's he's done all right. Like he hasn't been turning the ball over a ton and he's he's been navigating the pocket pretty well. And I know a lot of people like to say it's Ohio State quarterbacks, like for Justin Fields' struggles, but CJ Stroud's a very different quarterback fields like the just the way they play the way they attack the fields um (laughs) but yeah i mean i think with the texans i think their offense is going to change throughout the year but so far i'm i'm not too concerned about Pierce, but at the same time they're they're gonna struggle
3: yeah so So the one thing, I mean, honestly, I think you're completely right with CJ Stroud absolutely looking like the best rookie quarterback right now. I think that I was so surprised with his like composure in the pocket because honestly, Bryce Young in college showed that he just had that natural ability to just navigate the pocket and look like he didn't care that people are rushing him. He just had that agility to go back and forth. And it's just like, honestly, CJ Stroud having the ability to just like make his reads look comfortable. And I really like what I called before the season with Nico Collins, is I said, are you worried about CJ Stroud because his pressure to sack ratio is usually like really high. And he's just like, I mean, obviously he, you know, he read that never wrote back as Gino Smith would say, but uh, honestly, I, the, the one thing I'm concerned about though, is the Texan schedule going forward. They got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, Tampa Bay. And it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of games ahead that I don't know if they're going to lead. And that's the one thing that I think that makes me concerned about Damian Pierce is I think the one way that they're going to stay in these games is they're not going to just be able to control the clock with Damian Pierce or anything. Just running short passes or anything just controlling the clock is they're going to be behind and um i mean maybe the falcons just absolutely fall off the face of the earth but i think they're actually a lot better of a team than i thought they would be but i, I don't i think they're going to be behind a lot and they're going to be passing a lot more than i thought they would be
1: yeah no i mean i agree with both of as his takes on cj stroud he looks great and yeah, I mean the Texans are like you said, they're gonna have to be playing from behind quite a bit. I think he's gonna get to throw the ball a ton. I think that's why the receivers are gonna be, you know, valuable in fantasy. Um, I think both Tank Dell and Nico Collins probably both have a spot on, on the roster. And uh yeah. That's pretty much what yeah. I mean uh, as well as singletary, not gonna yeah, not gonna not gonna be trading for him anytime soon.
3: Yeah, I also want to just cut cut into this. Uh the Geno Smith quote was actually they wrote me off. I ain't right back though. Completely messed that one up. Just wanted to clarify. Sorry. So, sorry everyone.
1: Appreciate you clearing that up, Logan. That, thank you. That.
3: thank you. We're factual here. Only facts.
1: They might be a little a little biased facts or skewed facts, but only facts. If they're coming from Nick and they're about Jalen Hurts, they're skewed, I promise. <laughs> hey, speaking of Jalen Hurts, let's move all right. So hey, my my next one is actually perfect. Another rookie QB. Right? Is it my turn? No? Logan's turn. Next Nick's turn. Next Nick's turn.
3: All right, yeah. I'll go I'll go ahead
0: with my first one here. So far this year. Brian Robinson has been the guy that's dominated the touches, and Antonio Gibson has been a strict backup role. Is is Brian Robinson just going to finish as a top twelve back, and Antonio Gibson just kind of be irrelevant, like a handcuff? Is that is it kind of an outlier so far, or is, is it a sign of things to come? I'll I'll start with this. I I personally think so far it's been an outlier. I think the Commanders, I mean, they've looked okay so far. I think Sam Howell's been off to a decent start, but you're not going to play the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos every week. And Brian Robinson, he's been a a solid runner. I mean, he's not great, but he's been solid. But he's not great as a pass-catching running back. And so far, they've been able to keep themselves in pretty positive game scripts. And the upcoming weeks, they... You guys want to go ahead and answer me this. They play they play the Bills, Eagles, they play the Bears, then Falcons, Giants, Eagles, Patriots, Seahawks. Do you see them, like the Commanders, just dominating a lot of those games like they have been? Or are they going to kind of be behind a lot? I, I personally think you guys don't have to answer that. I, I think they're going to be behind. And I think Gibson's going to be one who's going to be needed. And although Brian Robinson's been very good so far, I think – I think Gibson's in a pretty good buy-low spot right now, both in redraft and probably in dynasty, uh, just because he's entering a contract year, and I mean he's he's had some productive seasons before, but I I think his time's going to come here, and I think he's going to be a needed player. And Brian Robinson,
1: I think he's still going to get the touches, but I I don't think he's going to be as good. Uh, I mean. As far as the passing downs, like I, I agree with you that Washington, they're going to be dominating the games. They're going to just gonna be running the ball. The thing is, Brian Robinson has been splitting the passing downs work with Gibson. So there's been this narrative of Gibson's going to be the passing downs guy. He's he's the good pass catcher because he started off as a receiver. I, the thing is, is, Brian Robinson's been just as good um, catching the ball, and I don't see why they would you know get away from that uh, this last week. I know they both had three catches. I could see Brian Robinson just still dominating the 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 touches overall, and I mean he looks better, he looks more explosive. I I think you were the one that sold me on Antonio Gibson two years ago, bit me in the ass, and I'm not doing it
3: again. <laughs> okay, so so maybe I just have a hot take here. I don't know, but have you guys ever considered the possibility of Eric Bieniemy just running Brian Robinson? so that he has a better shot of becoming a head coach because genuinely Antonio Gibson, in my opinion, is just by far like a way better back rushing and receiving. And so I was thinking, I don't know, maybe Eric just wants his first shot as a head coach and just maybe he's thinking about just rushing him, you know, for what, four yards of carry. I don't know until he, maybe, you know, they start losing here and he, uh, he can finally take the reins as the head coach. I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know.
0: Logan, you're coming after the RB3 on the season right now, Brian Robinson. But, no, I, I, I kind of agree with you, actually. I, I think Gibson's a guy that doesn't – like, he, he's had five carries through two games now. Like, that's that's pretty low for a guy that's – Put up some pretty productive seasons, and Brian Robinson—he's been solid so far. I mean, he's got gotten some touchdowns, which has helped. But like, he's—he hasn't been just lighting the world on fire. And I—I I think we're going to get a time where Gibson's going to get a role. Like, he's going to get an opportunity. I, I think—I think that's a given. And I—I've liked his ability um to play through contact, ability out in space, and I'm—I'm I'm not ready to give up on him yet.
1: Logan brought up a great point of Brian Robinson's, like. Week four yards per carry. Antonio Gibson's at three point six. So I just I don't know. I think Brian Robinson might be the real deal, man. I think he might be better than Antonio (laughs) Gibson.
2: I just, dude, if you watch the games, Antonio maybe Antonio Gibson just isn't good at football. People, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, but
3: yeah. But what's the attempt difference though? Because what Brian Robinson probably had like forty compared to his like five. Short short of there being a conspiracy
1: with Eric <laughs> Like
2: <laughs> I don't I don't really see why they're doing that if they think that Antonio Gibson's better. The, I mean maybe the conspiracy theory's on, but short of that, I don't know. I don't get why no, I don't I don't see that one either.
0: Yeah, no, I do agree with you. I the two straight offensive coaching staff that have made the decision that Brian Robinson is the better player. And the guy that gets the majority of the snaps, but I and he got shot last year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, my point is that I think Antonio Gibson's carries are going to get go up. Like, and I think he's a guy that his carries going to go up and he's going to get more receiving work. I mean, I also don't think Antonio Gibson is a crazy great receiver, but I think he's a guy that's pretty good after the catch. And I think that's like so far, like nobody in the receiving core has really blown anyone away. Like Terry's been all right um Dotson's kind of underperformed but outside of that they've been kind of poor and I I think Gibson can help them out in that regard and yeah I I think Brian Robinson's going to get more touches but I think Antonio Gibson's going to carve out a little more of a role than he has so far
3: okay so here here again this is another crazy factor about a running back that always concerns me is Brian Robinson played in 12 games last year, had 205 carries, 297 yards, 3.9 yards, you know, on average, and his long was 24 yards. That's the shit that concerns me, is because what is his breakout ability? What's his ceiling? And, like, I mean, I guess if you look at ESPN, yeah, he's averaged 3.9 yards, carry, and he broke his long from last year and had 27 yards this year but that shit still concerns me it's just like how can this guy sustain such a high on a fantasy level when his longest run in the last two years is 27 yards is that not weird right like
1: <laughs> hey hey i i got an answer for you on the ceiling A uh, top three running back would be the ceiling because that's what Ooh, he's doing right now <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, through two weeks. Is that? <laughs> that's not a full season, though. That's not a full season. I mean, maybe you get what two wins before he starts uh, falling off. Who well, knows? and the other
2: point is, last year he was coming off of a, he got shot. He got shot, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, Chris, Chris Johnson got a little break for last year. Right? I mean, Chris Johnson did, but one he one averaged year, four point five yards that's
3: per a carry. Stealing, bro. That's I mean, Chris, Chris. Johnson got shot, but he still averaged 0. 0.6 yards more per carry. Like who cares? I, I'm not. I'm not
2: wanted to judge, but I'm guessing if you get shot different places, it affects different things. I don't know. I don't know. I'm no doctor.
0: It, it, I got one more thing to say, and it's funny because I I went into this being on the opposite side, but here I am defending Brian Robinson. He's not a guy that's gonna be very explosive. Like that's that's not his game, but he's very consistent and if you need four yards, like if the coach is like, hey, we need four yards, Brian Robinson's going to go out there and get four yards. Great like he's not going to get anything more, not going to get much less. But coaches love this guy. Like that's that's something that it's becoming a fact because at Alabama, like it was said that their coaches preferred Brian Robinson to Damian Harris, to Najee Harris, that Brian Robinson was their preferred guy. So co- coaches like this guy and what he does on the field. And I think that's, something that's very true, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's not explosive and that's, that's not his game and he's not a great receiver. So yeah, I, I do agree. His upside is not super high from a fantasy perspective, but I think whether we like it or not, this guy's going to get touches. Like it's through college and now into the NFL, like he he got drafted higher than people thought because that was the thought going in and he's gotten more touches than people think. Like, I think this guy is just going to belong like whether we like it or not. And he's not going to be anything crazy, but the guy's going to get touches and he's going to be fairly consistent with it, but nothing more than that.
1: I mean, what do you think RB 12, like, uh, uh, so RB one is within his range of possibilities on the year though. I don't I think it definitely is. I What? I don't. don't think so. Okay. Okay. Well, right now he's a top three RB. I can see it. I can see it. I, uh, sh- Some short of an injury. I mean, yeah, I I could see it. I mean it
0: it's possible. So, uh, I it mean like low uh, RB1,
1: but I don't know. Y'all are crazy.
3: Oh. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey we'll, see we'll see you, baby.
1: <laughs> hey, well, so uh that brings me on to uh to my next one here. I was going to talk Anthony Richardson. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and just go, Anthony Richardson. So is the uh the Um, the little bit of success that he's had so far, uh, tail, like, uh, what, what is the name of this topic again?
0: (laughs) Is it a start of things to come or is it an an outlier? Boom.
1: There it goes. I, uh, I think it is an outlier. Actually, all he's done is pretty much run in the few touchdowns, you know? I mean, he, he still hasn't done anything crazy. Really what, uh, what's been impressive is how the coach has been able to use him. Uh, I know we've talked a few times about the offensive coordinator, just, uh yeah I mean I I think that that's what's what's been more um at like that that's what the Colts have shown more of uh just how good their new offensive coordinator is and uh yeah Anthony Richardson's benefited of course but he's had two injuries already early and you know the big appeal of him is that he's going to run the ball are they going to keep having him run the ball if he keeps on getting hurt like this I mean I just don't see it so uh yeah, as far as I think it's an outlier, um, still think CJ Stroud's the best, uh, the best rookie. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah. So, no, I completely agree with you. I think that one of the most concerning things about Anthony Richardson, he he, he's had an injury in the first two games that he's played so far this season. And honestly, I mean, yeah, that's, that does suck. And like, yeah, that was horrible. But I do think that when he was playing, I think the most impressive thing was Steichen just being able to run like some sort of split offense and just allow everyone to just be open in the middle of the field, just receiver split. Now, their line was miraculously holding, which never did before that year. And it's just it gave him that wide open run, which. I felt like in college he was more pressured to, there wasn't a designed run there. He was kind of doing it last resort, but I just feel like even if it was his last resort on the Colts, it was just kind of like an easy third 30 yard run. Like it was a 15 yard run like it was last week. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I think injury concerns is definitely like a huge thing because especially since what was it? A concussion this last week where he got concussed after he scored that second touchdown and just went out for the next drive. And it's just like, is this n- another Tua concern? Does he know how to fall? Does he know how to get tackled? Like, is this something that we need to watch out, you know, going forward? Does he not know how to get tackled? But I mean, the dude is just extremely athletic and I'm I've been impressed with his running game in the NFL. So I don't know. I just, I think it's kind of fluky. I think they need to kind of just let him ride back, and then them get a better draft pick. But the only problem is, I think Gardner Minshew can let them compete. But I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I, I personally think it's an outlier. I I've talked about this a little bit. I'm uh, not sure if it was on the podcast or separately, but. I've, I've kind of came around to Jesse's point with like Trey Lance Um, and the injuries is a quarterback that does not have a lot of starts. It's, they don't really know how to avoid injury, how to slide, how to like kind of play the quarterback position like these pros do. And so far, I mean, Richardson's had two injury scares, which is a bit of a concern, but in general, I, I've been impressed with Steichen and I've like in general, I've been impressed with Richardson so far. I think he's done okay uh adjusting. But last year, Anthony Richardson in the in college, he his best game was his first game of the season. Like he he tore up. He looked like a future top five pick. And then he just kind of fell off of that. And I I'm not exactly sure why, but I think a lot of it is just when teams start to figure out him and his play style, I, I think he needs work as a passer, And I think the more he gets time, I think he's going to have to make adjustments. And I think they're going to struggle a little bit. And I think to where I think so far, it's a bit of an outlier. I mean, I think eventually he could be a good player. I think he's shown that so far, but I, I think we're not out of the woods yet of him being fully developed. Like some might think early on, I think there's, some developing to do, and I mean Steichen's done great with him so far, but I, I don't think we're out of the woods yet.
3: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I feel like, yeah, I, I think seeing a transition from college football to the NFL can be kind of polarizing, and I feel like being pushed into that spotlight so early has been like, you know it's been so uplifting for him because, you know, in the first game he showed out, he, you know, showed that his rushing game was obviously there, but I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued to see uh, how they play him going forward, but I don't know. I'm with you though, that so far it's been an outlier, but I don't know. Should be interesting to see.
0: All right, we're back again. Logan, start us off.
3: Yep, welcome back, everyone. I'm sorry that there might have been a break here. I seem to offended some people with my Brian Robinson take. Um, people are offended by the 3.9 yards per carry and a 27 yard career long. But so my next take is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an outlier. They're currently two and zero first in the nfc south and i don't think that they're going to keep going because i think the real deal of the nfc south is the saints i think that the nfc south as much as i didn't want to say it it was going to be a little bit more competitive than i thought i think the saints are a lot more relevant with Derek card than i thought they would and Bijan robinson on the falcons has been you know just an instant game changer so i think that the buccaneers being 2 and 0 you know god bless baker you know he's doing his thing he's definitely getting you know the troops moving forward but i definitely think that them being 2 and 0 is just a complete outlier with their schedule ahead you know they're they're facing the fraud eagles next week and then the new orleans saints the week after that so i i just don't think that they can do it i don't know what do you guys think
0: Is your take that the Saints are the the team to beat and the Bucs are fraudulent?
3: Yeah, I think that right now the Buccaneers are in a very weird spot. I I think that Mike Evans is on the trade block. I think that right now Baker is miraculously holding them together because he played the Bears last week. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I do. I mean, the Bucs have played a
0: like they've been and the, the
3: vikings and the vikings with their yeah. defense yep
0: yeah i i'm not a believer in the bucks long term i i think this is a pretty like the biggest sell window for baker and like even mike evans i mean chris godwin i'm i'm holding chris godwin i i think that guy's a real deal but like mike evans is getting a little older and you never know what the future holds but yeah baker's Good sell opportunity. And I'm, yeah, with the Bucs, like they've been off to a great start. Baker looks great, but I mean, we've kind of seen this before. I mean, I, it could be different. Baker looks confident. He looks, I mean, he looks solid and he looks like he's got the guys rallied behind him. And maybe this will be different, but I'm, I'm not buying the Bucs long term. I'm, I'm personally still on the Falcons winning that division. I think the Saints have impressed me, but. I'm still Team Falcons in that division. And I think the Bucks are – although I, I do think they're a lot better than a lot of people thought. I think they they still got some veterans on that team, like all across the board. And I, as far as winning the division, I'm not buying it. But I, I think they could be okay. But I, I think their early start is an outlier.
1: Yeah, I also uh, – I mean, I'm a little bit more of a fan of Baker than I think a lot of people are not that i like saw that you know oh they were gonna start off 2-0 but i i did think that baker was gonna win the job over kyle trask uh pretty early on and um i think this is a big big uh tested week for him in the offense i think that this week is when we'll really get to see if you know if it's the real deal or not baker did lead you know the cleveland browns to a playoff team you know i mean which lord knows that uh that franchise, I mean, to lead them to a to a playoff berth is is saying something. Um they they literally then just like pissed it all away for a uh for some for somebody. And uh yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I I don't know, Baker kind of got done dirty, man. Oh, sorry. Uh Baker got kind of done dirty. Um he uh he played through an injury and didn't do well whenever he was injured and he got punished for it. He played well when he played with the Rams, like, for the few that, those couple games in primetime. I don't know. I'm kind of a Baker believer. Um, I'm excited to see it this weekend. Obviously, I don't think that they're going to win by any means against the Eagles. But, yeah, I mean, Nick, you kind of stole it from me. And the Falcons, I think the Falcons are kind of – they might be the real deal. They're just going to run the football. They aren't – Kyle Pitts isn't getting involved. That isn't going to change. But I think the Falcons are the one that looks the, the most real deal to me in that in that division as well.
3: Yeah, so, um, no, no, I completely agree, and I feel like, you know, I love watching Baker play and stuff like that, and dude, honestly, I feel like the one thing I want to give you a shout-out for, you know, the NFC South, man, Adam Thielen just absolutely balling out this past week, man. So we got to see if he's going to be that breakout player. I mean, you called it, so, I mean, coming out of injury, I'm excited to see how he plays this next season.
1: Yeah, no, I am too. I'm excited with Adam Thielen too. Uh I didn't I didn't have the stones to play him. I do have him uh back in for week three, baby. Got him back in there.
0: <laughs> All right. With that, I'll go ahead and go into my next one. Last week I came out with the take that I I think it's time to be concerned about Justin Fields and his future with the Bears. But not to... I mean, he struggled again. Like, that's... That's no secret. But not to be confused, I think Justin Fields is a buy low right now in Dynasty and in Redraft because there are some out there that think Justin Fields has struggled. He's going to be benched. Week five, week six, week eight, he's going to get benched. Like, they're going to try to turn something, turn it over to who? Nathan Peterman? Like, Tyson Ban Banjan? Whatever the guy's name is? Uh, That's not happening, guys. They're going to ride out Justin Fields. And as someone who has Justin Fields in a lot of dynasty leagues, probably too many at this point, I'm like – in, in contending teams, I'm still very happy to have Justin Fields on my team because he struggled through two weeks. And what they've been doing so far is not working. And I'm not a big believer in the coaching staff, but I do not think Justin Fields is going to only have three rushing attempts again this season. They play the Chiefs this week, and I'll be at the game, and I'm excited, very excited for it. I do think the bears are going to get slaughtered and that's unfortunate to say, cause I'm a bears fan, but I think Justin Fields is going to rush for more yards than he has in the past. And I think the bears would be stupid to not like, it's not working with him as a passer, but you got to try out something different. And if the bears can or- orchestrate an offense in which Justin Fields is running a lot, all of a sudden they bring back the magic from last year where they became an amazing rushing offense. Like, That'd be beneficial for the Bears. Like, worst comes to worst, you get an offense that you can take into next year and be like, you know what? That's all right. Like, Justin Fields is fine. Like, we're not going to get the number one pick anymore. But guess what? We got a guy that we can finally build an offense around. So, although I don't think he's going to take the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts leap as a passer, at least not in the near future, I do think he has an opportunity to succeed in fantasy and with his rushing ability. I mean, it's possible in the NFL, but I I do still worry about his long-term future for dynasty. But at the same time, like we've seen Baker, we've seen Sam Darnold; those guys get a lot of opportunities and Justin Fields is the first round pick who has proven the ability to at least make an offense exciting. I don't think even if the bears move on that Justin Fields is just going to suddenly be, out of the league, and yeah, Justin Fields. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not as into him long term, but I'm kind of buying him in the short term. As weird as that sounds.
1: So the thing is, uh, I mean, I heard you say buy low. I think it's just so relative. So like, what are you trying to trade away right now for Justin Fields? Sorry to send a question right back to you, but just my own curiosity here.
0: Yeah, and in in dynasty, it's tough because you. <laughs> a lot of people that have Justin Fields, like they're having him as their QB of the future. So it's, it's all relative to the type of situation. But if you're, if there's a team out there that, you know what, they're ready to give up. I'd toss the first for him. I'd, I'd toss a, in a league quarterback, like Ryan Tannehill in the first. I'd do that. I, (laughs) I, I think if you can buy him on the cheap, I'd, as far as what deal i don't know just because it's all different depending on the league but if t- if people are railing to give up on him if they're in a situation in which they can you know what i'm ready to give up on justin fields and get a veteran and a first you know what i'll i'm a contending team i'll i'll pay up for him i'll i'll even toss in more than that i i'm a believer in him in the short term and in the long term i'm not as big on him but I'm anonymous enough to toss some a decent chunk at him.
1: Gotcha. Um don't know if that answers your question, but no, no, it, it it did. It did actually pretty well. Uh just uh didn't help me too much in my answer of of Justin Fields. Um I'm with you. I don't think he's getting benched, but uh yeah, I mean, I don't think that I would give up a first, to be honest. I don't think in uh in a superflex, I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's basically how I feel about him. I'm so low on him that at this point, I wouldn't even give up a first for him. So yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) And and maybe this better
0: answers your question. I, I prefer fields to Jared Goff, to Kirk cousins, um, to those type of guys in dynasty. And I would be willing to trade those guys for him.
3: And is that in a long term aspect or a short term? What do you What do you think on that? I mean, may, maybe both. Like I,
0: on a team, yeah, on a dynasty. Like I'll say in all formats, I, I would
3: make that move. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely like an interesting perspective because I just feel like I yeah I I don't know I just see. Kirk Cousins is current offense watching the quarterbacks documentary on Netflix. I just feel like just seeing him being the most banged up quarterback last season, man, I want to defend him, man. He's impressive. He does make some great throws, but, uh, Kirk takes so many hits, but, um, on to Justin Fields though, I think that I don't want to give up on him. I, I just want to keep hanging on to that thread that, you know, they solidified with drafting him and stuff like that. But I don't know. There's just definitely some pocket presence and spatial awareness and throws that he definitely does need to make. But it's just like, I don't know. There's something to do with, like, coaching this year that they need to just throw into the – just throw it away because – there's been a definite discrepancy from this year coming into last year on his designed runs, which I think is extremely fucked up there or fricked up. Sorry for all you families out there. There there, there's, there's been five designed runs this year compared to like last year where he, I, I, I think he had like, here I can pull it together, but, Um, last year he had 89 designed runs and that just that average is just not not coming out so far and I I think that's pretty messed up I think that I, I I think that the Bears offensive coordinator needs to realize that he needs to scheme Justin Fields just offensively to run the ball instead of just like I mean he he's had enough time to make those throws and yeah going into the season he had like a bottom half offensive line. Like I can't remember if they're like 17 or 18 or something like that, but just going into the season before all of the injuries from preseason, they were ranked like 17 or 18. And, you know, he's, he's trying to get by, but it's just like, there's something off. I mean, he's not making the throws he needs to. They're not running the ball with him. He has to scramble. He looks horrible scrambling. He runs into defensive linemen, but I, but You know, then again, it's just like, he'll make like three of these throws during the game where I'm just like, this guy's showing off what he did at Ohio state. And I just like, I can't believe like what they've done with him. And I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm just coping or something, but I, I I think there's long-term potential. I just don't know if it's releasing the coaching staff, changing how they scheme up the offense or what it is. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Nick?
0: Yeah, and I'll, I I do agree with what you're saying. And one thing that's a bit different from last year. So I think the Bears, like I, I saw something someone did on Twitter. It was not my doing. They had a video of Justin Fields' drawbacks compared to Aaron Rodgers. And the Bears' offense coordinator, Luke Getzey, came from the Packers. And it's pretty evident watching that that the, the Bears are trying to make Justin Fields be Aaron Rodgers. Back there and I, I i believe justin fields according to to like bears beat writers he had a pretty good training camp throwing the ball but guess what it's it's not working in the games and last season it happened early on the same way like they were trying to make him into this passer and he's just not there yet And he's still not and at this point it begs the question will he ever get there and he might not but light late last season they decided to lean into Justin as a runner, and I think it's time to do that again. And I don't—I don't know if it's mindset. I don't know like what is going on with him right now. I—I I think he looks like someone who's lost a lot of confidence. But I think the Bears need to lean into Justin, the athlete, and he's good at a structural structure. I, I think Justin is a player who's a good passer. Like the guy can pass accurately. Like you get him out of out of structure, he'll make a throw and throw it accurately. But the problem is he just doesn't. As of right now, he doesn't see the field well, well enough, and I don't I don't know why that is. To, to dissect a defense, but when it comes to actually getting out of structure and making a play, sometimes he just looks incredible. But consistently consistency's not there. I, I think they just need to let Justin just play backyard football, just do what you do, whether it be running it or making a play with your legs and making a throw
3: like they need to change kind of
0: everything right now
3: they really do yeah so so that's like definitely like no I agree exactly what you're saying and I think that that's the one thing where it becomes a crossroads with fantasy is it's like you see the potential in the player and you're just relying on the offensive coordinator to you know just manage that change and it's just like I think that's why Nick was saying that Justin Fields is, you know, he's going for a low ball amount right now, and it's just like, I, I, I feel like, you know, I Jesse, did you say that you wouldn't give a first round for Justin Fields earlier? Is that what you said?
1: Correct. I wouldn't really want to. No. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Exactly. Early, I guess the latest. Like, if I'm really gonna be one twelve, maybe.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you're like a mid first round pick or early first round pick and you're thinking, man, I need a quarterback, and you're you're just scrambling for a team. I feel like Justin Fields is definitely someone that would be worth the gamble just because if they somehow managed to just revert to last year where he was just a great rusher, it, it, it would just be worth the gamble because I, Justin Fields' athleticism will pay off. We've already seen he's a proven runner, and he shows flashes of just like – great passes and i just feel like if people in your league are lowballing him right now it's just worth the gamble i don't know that's all i gotta say
1: he shows flashes but my thing is is it's just the confidence isn't there and uh it's it's the, the we all know that he can make the throw it's just like he doesn't know he can make the throw like whenever you're watching it it's like dude there was a wide open guy, and it's like why didn't you throw and then he tries to tuck it in and run or something and then uh I mean I know he, he's been sacked to like a ridiculous amount I don't know I just uh, and then like on top of it yeah I mean if I'm the if I'm the 112 like if I'm really really competing so I know my first is gonna be late maybe but dude if you have the 106 105 like if that's where you're gonna end up or even early dude Caleb Williams over Justin fields no way not right now not with the way Justin Fields looks to me. Um, I know his ceiling is ridiculous and that's what we're playing for in fantasy. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, just as far as like the eye test, dude, he is, he's off, he's off. And so, yeah, yeah. I personally, um, yeah, yeah. I I would be one of those, those guys that would probably sell, sell them low too. If I like on some of my teams, if, if I'm competing, and I like need a quarterback that's going to perform now. Um, you know, I'd be willing, willing to, you know, trade, like Nick was saying, you know, Kirk Cousins. I would be more than open to trading, you know, Justin Fields for Kirk Cousins in a first if I have him in a, in a fan, in a dynasty league. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Definitely fair. And I'll, I'll say one quick thing and then Jesse, we, you can go with your next one. But yeah, I mean, for me, I think Justin Fields has potential this year to where that's, that's why even if you don't think he has a long term future, I think he's a guy for a contending team. You, Toss a pick, toss a young player for him, and maybe he can help you win your league. Like he can be a guy down the stretch who the Bears just lean into, just because I, I don't think Justin Fields is getting benched, and I don't think they're just gonna keep letting him drop back and throw screen passes all game. Like that's just not too efficient. But so I do, I do see some potential. But yeah, Jesse, you can go ahead with your next one.
1: Um, my next one was actually, uh, it's kind of another, I. I don't like to victory lap after week two or anything like that. And especially on a bust call, it's kind of awkward because, like, it is re- injury related to with Joe Burrow. But, uh, but Jamar Chase, um, is it, uh, are, are these low, low scoring games a sign of things to come or is it a uh, deviation or whatever you're calling it? <laughs> An outlier. <laughs> an outlier sorry gosh dang it gosh darn it. i gotta write these things down um so yeah i mean this is one of those moments where it's like you won in blackjack you know you won two weeks in a row in blackjack two two hands in a row you're sitting there you're like who do i do i do it again do i go for the doubling up
2: sliding the chips in there boys
1: <laughs> uh wow I no mean, burrows calf it Sounds like he might be playing still, but even if he is playing, I mean, if he plays like he has been these last two weeks, we're in trouble. Jace, uh, uh Jamar Chase, he did have a touchdown ripped out of his hands. Really great defensive play by the Ravens. Um, that, you know, did did halt the fantasy week uh for a second second uh week in a row of Jamar Chase having really low numbers. But I mean, yeah, I just I just don't see it getting uh, a ton better. The Bengals have a really light uh depth at QB not uh, not super loaded there for great reason they have one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league so of course you're not gonna you know be planning too much for them to go down so I don't know I don't I don't know T Higgins obviously was able to make it work but uh, like I said I said at the beginning of the year Jamar Chase had one game without uh, Joe Burrow coming into this season and uh, it was for two catches and six yards so who knows what do you guys think? Jamar Chase.
0: I personally think it's an outlier. Sorry, Jesse. I think it's, it's tough right now for the Bengals. They, I personally would have been one to sit Joe Burrow the first two weeks, because now you're at a point where if he's still not healthy, if he actually re-injured his calf, then that's troublesome right now. Like you're Owen too. And if you sit him the next two weeks, like, you're in danger of being 0-4, and, and that's really tough for playoffs, like in a stacked AFC. But so I I think they're just going to play him. And I, I think Joe Burrow, has he's proven it to this point, that he's, he's a pretty good quarterback, and I think he's going to get it figured out. And we know Jamar Chase is good. Like, he, he was very close to having a touchdown last game. Um, T. Higgins' first game, he had, what, eight targets, didn't perform. That it's going to change. Their offense started to look a little better second half, but um, I think he struggled the first two weeks. Jamar Chase, but he's too good of a talent, and Joe Burrow is too good of a talent. I, 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 I can't buy into him being a bust. Like I, I think. I mean, through two weeks, sure. I mean, Joe Burrow struggled, but from now on, I, I think they're going to figure it out, and they, they have to. They really do.
3: Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm with Jesse. I don't know. Maybe I'm a Bengals hater, Joe Burrow hater, Jamar Chase hater. I'm not sure yet, but I but I honestly just kind of wonder if, Maybe if it's on Zach Taylor or something because I don't know why Joe Burrow played like when his injury was like already publicized. But I I think there's something going on with the Bengals. I think that it's going to be shown here in the next few games they definitely struggled here for the first two but like I don't know if it's Joe Burrow needing to actually step away and do his what was it a projected three games to recover from his calf injury but like I don't know I, I, I think the Bengals are kind of in hot water to say the least and I definitely think that it's things to come here to see if it kind of spirals down or not. I don't know.
1: I I like both of your points. I think that it could very well be a a combination of both of what, of what you both said. Uh, The fact that, you know, I mean, Zach Taylor might've looked at it and said, Hey, Joe Burrow is going to need three weeks. That's going to put us at zero and four. Exactly what we were talking about. So then he played him, and now it's a little bit worse. And like I said, I mean, I think you're right, Nick. Yeah. They might be in hot water. They might force him to play, but as far as like proving it, we haven't seen him prove it with the calf injury because this year he has not played good. So no, I mean, I, I, I could see, I could see what you guys are saying, but uh, I think that the deep water that they're in is just going to push it into an even worse situation. And it's just going to keep spiraling. And I mean, who knows? Like you guys, if the season's over, if they're zero and six, Oh, and seven, does Jamar Chase suddenly like Nico Collins last year? He he gets like a little turf toe and it ends up taking him out for the whole year. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Uh he, hey, we're talking conspiracies. Bro, that isn't that far off compared to compared to we're playing Brian
2: Robinson over in Gibson because we want the head coaching job. All right.
3: No. <laughs> it's realistic. <laughs> Everyone listening. That could happen. I I personally
0: am here. For a Caleb Williams Joe Burrow two QB system next year. I'm here for it. But I listen, I I think Joe Burrow is a talented player and he struggled through two weeks of the calf. But guess what? Joe Burrow's you don't get to this point in your career just being a guy who's just fully healthy. Like I think he's gonna figure it out. And I think Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are gonna get going. And I, I just think the Bengals, with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, it's not the Bengals forcing him to play. Joe wants to play. And
3: he's a talented quarterback, and I think he's going to figure it out. But The real you know, question here is, if Joe wants to play, is that the right idea? Early, no. But at this point, he kind of has to.
0: I mean, it's going to be at the point where if he struggles through the next few weeks, you've got to shut him down. And at that point, the season's – I mean, putting him out there early put the season in jeopardy a little bit. And at this point in time, I it's just my personal opinion. I, I think sitting him for two weeks is not a bad idea, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I, I think he's going to want to play. Like, football players, when you get hurt, like, we've done it. Like, you want to play. Like, you want to be out there with your guys. And what I think – go sorry. ahead.
1: I mean, but right, can he can, can he sustain it for another 15 weeks in a row? Like, what are you saying? You're saying he's a he's a superstar player. You don't get this way of b- being hurt. What what
2: Saquon like, what? like these people get hurt? Like they're super they're humans. Like, yes, they are great athletes, but they're human beings. We've seen these guys miss seasons. What are you talking about?
0: I'm so confused. <laughs> I, my point is that not like Joe Burrow through the first two years, like he tours ACL. And after post ACL, he figured it out. Like most of these players are playing through some kind of an injury. Like let's, let's be real here. Like they're playing through an injury and like Joe Burrow's had some kind of a calf injury, some kind of an injury before he's had to play through and figure it out. A lot of the great quarterbacks do. And like your boy Jalen hurts last year, he hurt his shoulder and he. He wasn't the same afterward, but guess what? He figured it out and got his team to the Super Bowl. Like players figure it out post or with an injury. But I mean, that's a valid point. 15 games, like or playing the full 17 games with a calf injury, that's tough. That's tough. I, I mean, when's their bye week?
1: Like needs to be soon. Jalen Hurts still sat out for two weeks, and he's more of an athletic kind of guy than. Then Joe Burrow, um, gosh dang it! I also had something really good to say to say to all that, but uh, but it just slipped out of my head. So you're getting off you're getting off the hook a little bit light here, but uh, but yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a long time for for Joey B to to be, you know, going through the, through it all and uh, you know holding to it.
0: We're we're getting a bit low on time, so Logan, look, go ahead and go head with your last one here.
3: All righty, um, uh, so yeah, my last one here was. Are we concerned about the Eagles? I, (laughs) you know, I mean, I feel like talking about the Eagles is a sore point here. Um, But are the Eagles, you know, kind of in a hard spot in the beginning of their season? Are they going to figure themselves out? Because week one had some misfortune against the Eagles. They or not the Eagles, the Patriots kind of pulled ahead, kind of threw it away a little bit. And then the following week, they did the same thing against the Vikings. And I'm kind of wondering, can the Eagles do it again this year? Can they win? I I have no idea what their projected win total was this year. Probably like, let's see, 12 games, something like that. I don't know. But are the Eagles concerned yet that, like, their imminent schedule in conference against, like, the Cowboys or anything is going to lead to, like, more losses or, like, playing the Jets, the Dolphins. I don't know. I just feel like seeing Jalen Hurts this year has been, I don't know, kind of concerning. Maybe Nick's been, you know, feeding off on me. I'm just becoming more of a Jalen Hurts hater recently or anything. But I just feel like watching the Eagles games this year, they just – aren't definitive they just haven't been just like controlling their opponents and just absolutely dominating and i just feel like i don't know i just i just don't think they're gonna hit that win total this year and maybe, maybe maybe i'm just like a complete hater because i don't think that they can get 12 wins and maybe they get 11 maybe they get 10 but is that a win in my eyes i'm not sure
1: yeah, Nick's rubbing off on you. Yeah, I know he got to you. I'm sorry about that, Logan. Let you on the pot a little bit, bit too long here. I think Nick's already sunk his, sunk his claws into you. Um, you gotta love when you're two and zero, and everybody's like, "Oh, hey, is this team the same? Are they still as good as they were last year?" Sorry, we aren't. We aren't getting to play our backups in the fourth quarter like last year. Um, the defense is still still getting. I mean, I've I've admitted it. Uh, the the offensive coordinator leaving. Um. Gosh dang it, man. I keep on forgetting his dang his dang name tonight. Um, help me out. Steichen. Steichen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh yeah, I feel like Steichen leaving. It 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 hurt. It has hurt for sure. But uh I mean, Jalen still looks fine, man. I mean, there are some runs I don't like him taking. He does seem like he has taken some more uh hits actually this year than what I'd like to see, but no, I mean I'm I'm really not too concerned. Dallas looks freaking good. So I mean, just in general, that worries me maybe. Just like how great Dallas does look. Besides for that though, pff, get out of here. The Eagles, bro, that just the D tackles alone, and we got them for the next three years. That combination of Jalen Carter and uh DT. Uh all right, yeah, go ahead, Nick. I know we're run out of time. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so I remember you kind of ripping on the Bucks a little bit. Who they play? The Vikings and the who? Well, the the Eagles, the, Eagles, played the yeah. Vikings and the Patriots. Who I? Oh yeah, they're both two zero and two teams. But I mean that that doesn't mean anything. But I I personally think the Eagles so far have been they they've overwhelmed or underwhelmed so far. Like they've their offense has not looked comfortable. They although last game they did start to lean on the run game more. Which is a must for that team. Like with the way Jason Kelsey and the rest of their offensive line blocked in the run game, like you gotta lean into the run. And they just kept trying to force the pass. And me personally, I think that's Nick Sirianni's doing. When he first took over for the Eagles, they were trying to pass to set up the run. When that's what they were doing to start this year. And luckily, it didn't get to like game five like that year this year they make uh, after one and a half games they're like hey 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 nick uh maybe we should run the ball since we dominated last year doing that and then he was like okay okay i'll do it and look what happened deandre swift looked like an actual good running back for once who actually had vision sorry logan but going after both of you here but i i think the eagles are going to be fine just because they they have such a high floor with their offensive line, um, short yardage game with the QB sneak and their defensive line, like what Jesse's saying, like Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, like those two dudes are very good. But their defense has struggled and their pass game still has not looked great. And it's still very early. They they figured out the run game. I I do think eventually the pass game gets going, but so far it has been a concern to an extent through their first two games. And I like Jalen Hurts has been taking more chances, like throwing the bar and ball in harm's way more than he did last year. Like so far, like, and it's just been two games, but I, I think eventually they get more comfortable. I mean, Brian Johnson's in his second game as their offensive coordinator. And also just teams are going to like, they had all offseason season game plan for the Eagles. Their offense was great last year. And they're throwing different looks. I know Kelsey and Hertz talked about that on Thursday night after the Thursday night game. But like so far it has been a concern, but I'm not ready to like jump overboard. I I think it's kind of an outlier.
3: Yeah, so I feel like that's why I essentially like brought up the topic, because you know, I feel like Nick had a pretty heated you know, discussion about the Eagles, uh, in the last podcast, but I just feel like, I think that's the interesting thing about the Eagles is they were projected what, or their line was set at 11 and a half wins. Dallas was set at 10 and a half wins. And I just feel like, um, I don't know. I just feel like their offense has just been completely underwhelming. Uh, Dallas Goddard's got what, 22 yards on the season. Uh, AJ Brown's getting pissed off. He's got 108 yards on the season. He's got you know 11 receptions. Man was visibly concerned about getting the ball in his last two games. And I just feel like I don't know either. They got to drastically change it or DeAndre Swift is a top 10 running back. I don't know. I'm I'm you know I'm kind of at a crossroads. You know with my DeAndre Swift pick early on in the season and just the Eagles just relying on him too much. I'm kind of concerned.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see DeAndre Swift with a couple more running backs healthy. Uh, Boston Scott went out early, Gainwell didn't even play. The most carries for a running back under Nick Sirianni. But I'm also feeling a little happy about my Super Bowl pick for the season. I had the Cowboys and Bills. I know some people don't like the Bills as much, but the Cowboys I'm feeling pretty happy about. But if you guys don't have anything else, um, you can follow me on Twitter at PTNick32.
1: Jesse underscore Setzer.
3: And um, my Twitter at loading. We got prospect, pro talk Logan. At Protoc Logan, there we go.
1: We'll, we'll edit that out. No biggie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> next
0: po- next podcast, we'll we'll do some studying with Logan on his Twitter name. And
3: next podcast, we got Logan Twitter.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been a wow. fun one. Until next time, Dino Talk.